Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Personally, I use it every day because I find that it, may, it brings me really present with my body. So when man, do you I, do it? Uh, so I typically do it in the morning as part of my morning routine. And then I do it again at the end of the day. Oh, geez, twice. So I kind of just book, look, it's six minutes of doing nothing. I'm not a fucking hero. <laughs> that's the only time you sit still. No, six minutes. that's it. It's six minutes of doing nothing. <laughs> that's tall. I can't get beat by nothing. What, it's so much is, easier than working out. I promise. Well, what, what is the temperature true. of a cold plunge? Uh, I it? keep mine at about 45 degrees. Okay. All right. Kind of all the studies show anything below that's kind of eh, whether or not it's okay. any more valuable. Like I'm not doing it for this max effort exercise of seeing how long I can stomach it or anything like this. Sure. No. Doing it to serve a purpose. Okay. And your morning, are they different reasons? Your morning and after yeah. and night? Okay. So your so, morning. My morning routine is I'll typically get in here and try to spend some time moving, like uh, either riding the bike, training a little bit, uh, and listening to a book or podcast or something new information-wise. And so by the time I finish training, I spend an hour in the sauna listening to a book or something else, podcast. By the time I'm done there, I'm usually so spun up with ideas <laughs> and sure. things that I'm I'm useless, but I'm very <laughs> excited for the day. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so getting the cold and me getting back present with my body instead of just being in my head during that whole time pulls everything back together with the breath. And then when I start my day, I'm really focused. Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with dimples and the beard. <laughs> We're going to start from right here. Kaboom. All right. You know what we haven't been doing lately? Disclaimers. We need to do a disclaimer. We need to let the folks know before they watch too far. Yeah. Why don't you disclaim them? Just so you know, this episode does contain explicit language. Does. And will. Will. And throughout the whole thing. It's adult content. There's probably going to be a little nudity going on as well. Hopefully. So be wary when your children listen. It's up to you if you want to let your children listen. Well, if they're listening, they won't notice the nudity watch so i say let them watch well let them that's watch. up to you all right so that with that and listen hello fellow lushes welcome back another episode of cocktails with dimples in the beard and guess what we got tonight another beautiful man ah uh, man a sexy man one beastly beast of a man he is so is he is he uh sexier because of his physical or because of his mental to me to you oh i'm incredibly shallow it's that body that row works it for me all right no his no i both his messages i mean i, I i'm not you know i i saw him on a on a podcast sugar coated no it's fine i'm I'm trying to i'm gonna i'm gonna be try to be a little more genuine with this one because i feel like this is one is a little more genuine than some of them um we're gonna get deep we are gonna get, we're gonna get deep. deep 
no, I, I saw him on Jason Ellis podcast and fell in love with what he had to say and, and then watched his, uh, his YouTube video from the vertical you speaking event and, and, uh, liked him even more and then asked him if he'd come on the podcast. We were lucky to get him. So yeah, he's we, so positive. He said, yes. Yeah. He said, yes. I think it was us and not just cause he's super positive. He was like, look at that podcast on the upward swing. I got a feeling it's more of the, Ooh, look at that. I think I can help those guys. Well, that's cool. I like people who help. That's very I nice. They need, they need help. Well, we did probably when we booked them, but now we don't look at the numbers. I can't little, do it. A little help molding us I, uh, into this will come out better us. This will come out probably long after, but thanks to Mrs. Andy and Mrs. Milford, our numbers, our numbers are looking pretty damn good. How well, come they're pretty phenomenal? Yeah. So I yeah. appreciate everything you did. I'm excited to talk to this man, and uh, he's done a lot of cool shit. And uh, we'll talk about as much of it as we can. And hopefully we uh, can do we can do more shit going forward. If we don't do more shit after we talk to this guy, he might find us and beat us. Well, good. So, which I'm not gonna lie. I, it, the only the problem I think here's the bigger problem is yes. if we say we're gonna do something, we don't. Then then. Like I did with uh, Max, Max Solomon, Maxwell. He should, Max. <laughs> Sorry, Max Solomon. Yeah, it's not you. He, he should. You should. Yeah, he should have kicked your ass. Yeah. Well, if I lived in L.A., he probably would have. He should have because uh, I knew there was safety and distance from from Mac. I, I don't have to work out. He'll never uh, find me. So he not that he would. In. If yeah. you did work out, he was not that he was scared. But he ain't coming to Wisconsin. So that so that's the key, and I think that's what we're, we're going to learn as we go on. It's. I mean, it's one thing if I just say no, I don't want to do a fucking thing. Not seven minutes. Well, then it's up to you. That's your. Then you have no one to blame but you. But it's we say you're going to do something. It's literally seven seconds. It's not seven minutes. Okay. It's the first seven seconds. Um, it's weird. That's just a weird. Well, yeah. There are. I mean, we'd have to really dive into it, but I don't know. We're not. I mean, let's face it. We don't. We've never really tried to censor ourselves, and all of our pretty much all of our videos are monetized banned. on youtube we're all so. banned no 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 they're not every one of them some of them you gotta go to the dark web to find us i don't know i didn't check today to, to the the the, the uh do, do they have that can we do it maybe don't tell me we need a podcast on the dark web i don't know how to find the dark web well after we find it we'll have a podcast do you know how to find the dark web did you I have no idea no clue but i'm just saying i could I, I'll, I'll look tonight i was wondering if that's where you bought your dead bodies from i'll look tonight i'm sure i could find it yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the dark web is. I don't know how to get there. I thought like I, the the regular web is disturbing enough that I don't think I want to go to the dark. The, the web. dark web scared you. I mean, I can find a lot of you can find a lot of shit. pretty nasty shit on the normal, good old. No, that uh, yeah, it was funny. I light web. And by the way, isn't wouldn't that always intrigued me a little bit? We're going we're, to the dark web, not to go there, but how it, how you can find it and how you can. I don't. I don't even know what it means, honestly. Like, it's is it a different web? Is it a um, is it an again, adjacent web? That's a good point. I is it? Know. Do you have is to go, it its own web? Do you have to go to the multiverse to get to it? Do you have to go to the upside down to get to it? Well, I think after looking at a few things, it could be upside down. But you that's have, where you, but that's where you, where you would trade for a dead body. Do you have to go everywhere, everyone, all at once? Web or whatever that movie was just called. <laughs> Wow, nice try. <laughs> I just know it's about that kind of shit. Nice, nice try. Have you seen it? I did. Did you? Was it good? It was. It, it, you had to pay attention, and it was crazy. How many times did you watch it? Just once? I only saw it the once. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it in a theater? I did. Gotcha. I yeah. Because because I heard good things, and I thought it was it was supposed to be good effects, and um, I liked a lot of people in the movie. And 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in it just based on and the subject matter. Fun. But I have heard that it, yeah, you can. Uh... I, I'm not a huge fan of the whole multiverse kind of thingy. But you're a superhero guy. Before they went multiverse. Oh, that's what finally swayed you. It was it was so real up until that point, and then they're like, oh, multiverse. No, the... you know what? It, you know what it was. So it, I got sick of it when it was. This was after the second superhero movie. Yeah, it was the same movie, just different characters. Um, I just went because. So a multiverse is essentially Batman existing in another universe, and they're a different, a whole different story line to them. So basically, it's just a way for these movie people, yes, and comic book people and book to, people, and to make a whole another yeah story based on Batman, even though they it's. Oh, so we've been writing Batman for how many years and he's already 50 and done everything he could. Shit. How, what do we do? We'll go to another verse so we can start over and have a whole new storyline. Oh, the Batman is 50 now in the comic oh, books? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this, this, I don't know if you understand cartoons and stuff like it's not real. Bart Simpson has been on TV for 30 years. He's still nine. <laughs> well, Bart has reincarnation he's still not there's no, no multiverse there's no but, but i think they just tell the story like, the history of batman he does get older oh, jesus fucking christ well that was stupid but kind of like the walking dead like eventually you're you know you put in these characters don't, eventually. don't quote me i mean oh yeah come at me come at me yeah troll, come troll. Bat, you nerd you fucking batman nerds come at me tell me i don't know what i'm talking about i mean first of all you if we really want to offend the bat people Worst su- superhero of all time. Worst not, superhero of all time? He's not even a superhero. <laughs> he's a dude with a belt. He's He gets them with their mind. He's He's got gadgets. He's Inspector Gadget, essentially. He is. Which I did love as a kid, Inspector Gadget. too. They should make a... Did they ever make a live... They would do. Live? Matthew, yeah. Matthew Broderick was in the first one. You're right. I do and then that, that French guy from... Mr. Bean? No, no, no. no from no. Third Rock from the Sun, that Mr... French Stewart or something his name is he was in the second oh French Stewart yeah I know who you're talking or about Stewart French yeah I know who you're talking about I yeah I, he was the weird one on Third Rock from the Sun I never watched the show but I know who you're talking about um anyways but yeah I love the show I mean I would be late for school in the morning because I would want to see the Inspector Gadget I find out if he Inspector Gadget he always got away with it he always foiled the yeah but you never who was the bad guy on Inspector Gadget the Claw or Claw or something Klaus Van Damme. Yes. No. Anyway, the, I think it was Claw. Enough talking about that. Well, we don't leave. You never leave a pretty man waiting. We don't. So without further ado, a guy who does a lot of shit, Matt Vincent. All right. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, gentlemen, how are you guys? We are We are good. We are good. Um, Fantastic. I'm going to introduce you first, Matt Vincent, and I was... I was going to introduce you through all of your things, but I've watched uh, I've watched your talk at Vertical U enough times to know that I just want to introduce you introduce you as a guy who does a lot of shit. So <laughs> I dig that that works great for me, right? And I, and I loved I, I, your your speech at the Vertical U. The, uh, I don't know what conference was uh, was very inspiring, very motivational. I've watched it a number of times and and uh, really dig it. Uh, thank you very much, man. Um... Getting a chance to do more of that public speaking thing's been really interesting. Um, yeah. Getting a chance to share my story, you know, coming from the athletic background and kind of retiring from that line of sport. Um, you know, it's always interesting to find new avenues that I feel really push myself. Sure. 
Yeah, I must, you, you kind of have the fear of public speaking like most people do, but like you said, you kind of, that's, that's where you live in the uncomfortable. Right. So. Right. Especially if we're talking about a fear like that, right? Like there's no danger. Right. It's just embarrassment. Right. 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 I was going to say getting laughed at yeah, yeah, yeah. about the, the worst I thing mean, that can happen. I've been laughed at before. It's, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's not. You know? no. and, then, and then the other part of it, right. Is like, well, how do I stack the cards in my favor to do it well? And it's, you know, know my shit and know the message and be living that thing and be able to talk and plan and do the repetition before you get up there. For sure. For sure. So are you doing more public speaking now? Uh, Yeah, they kind of seem to pop up here and there. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. OK, so That's awesome. So what do you you're from the first public speaking to this last one? What's the big difference for you? Um, So the very, very first one I did was like at Sorenex. Um, you know, I guess if that's what you would call it, I'd, I'd started been invited to Canada for a few years doing some seminars like at Good Life teaching bench squat, deadlift and overhead press. And then okay. what I ended up teaching most of the time while I was actually there was, you know, how to coach people on those things and hmm. how they should go about sales. Okay. And like how they should manage relationships, right? That like where their real goal is as a personal trainer here is we can get lost in the sets and reps of things, but we have to make people feel they should come in a second time. Okay, sure. Right? So focusing on that and building the relationship and trust to, to have this person who needs confidence and what an important role these trainers play in this big picture of things. You know, I think like your big box trainer gets shit on a little bit and Man, those are the guys that get to make the biggest impact. That's where someone who's decided to be brave enough to go to the gym the first time meets someone. Yeah, right. Very likely that's the guy or, or lady that will help that person decide whether they not to, they continue on that journey. And so kind of started public speaking there and really enjoyed it and then have done a couple gigs over the years and a few more here and there, and they've ramped up and ramped down and kind of just go with it as they go <laughs> yeah when they pop up they pop up yeah right so you obviously have a very interesting story um i mean i would kind of start with the, the highland games you a highland games champion how how do you get into the highland games when you're living where were you living at the time louisiana yeah so i, I spent most of my time um post-college in baton rouge louisiana okay okay so i went to lsu as a thrower doing uh shot put discus and hammer Okay. So there's a bit of a stretch from there to the Scottish Highland sure. Games, but <clears throat> in a world of throwers, you figure out all the weird shit throwers are doing. <laughs> so this so is one of those things. All these games are kind of classified. All these sporting events are kind of classified as throwers. That's I mean, you can kind of throw them all into the. Um, I guess that's how I classify it, right? Like because you've got strongman and then you've got powerlifting, and those are very different things. Sure. You've got weightlifting, which is its own category. And then you've got throwers and the, you know, the classic track and field throwers are definitely strength athletes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's measured in such a different way. Um, and then the Highland games events are all throwing events. Like there isn't any lifting event. And sure. so, okay. I would consider it all throwers. Okay. So what are the, the main events in, in the Highland games? I, I mean, I, there's something similar like a shot, but where you got the rock kind of on your shoulder, correct? Yep. Yeah, then, so we throw two stones that okay. are just like the shot put. We throw two weights for distance. Uh, one is like 56 pounds. The other is 28. 
Holy you grab shit. With, it's, um, it's like a block <laughs> with a couple links of chain and then a ring on it. And you hook grip it with one arm and spin around twice and throw it for distance. Okay. Uh, two hammers, a 16 and then a 22 pound, uh, we throw for distance. There is a 20 pound sheaf. We throw over a, um, Oh, the over the bar, bar for height. Yeah. Okay. The sheaf is like a hay bale. Okay. Basically, except it's a burlap bag filled with rope. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and or twine or anything, some type of stuffing. And the whole thing weighs about 20 pounds. And so you put a pitchfork through it and you throw it for height. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, um, so it really is just an event of throwing. I yeah, think, yes, yeah. But it's just throwing a lot of different things, different ways. Yeah. So there's nine different events. And, you know, we, we have oh, the wow. caber as well, which is and the, the caber. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's kind of the one most people are familiar with. The only one that's, in, you know, that one's different than all the others because uh, you're not throwing for height or distance. You're trying to turn it over to be directly away from you. Okay. Hmm. So like a perfect throw would flip, hit on the other end, and then land at 12 o'clock directly away from you. Okay. Interesting. So anything off of 12 o'clock would be less good. And oh. then if you didn't flip it, uh, you would get like a degree up to up to 90, essentially. Sure. Sure. So, so you had to have learned like nine different techniques. Yeah. Of throwing. Which, which was good, right? As a thrower in college, I wasn't very great at anything. Um, but okay. I was super average discus hammer and shot putter. Okay. And so I was, I'm very athletic, but wasn't masterful at one thing at all. Sure. Did you and, do other sports in college? Um, not in college. No high school. I played football and dicked around with other stuff and then track and field became kind of the main focus. Sure. sure. And what drove you to do that than the other sports? Uh, which, which ones that, that you went like in college, you, you continued on with, the. Uh, the track and field stuff. Did you enjoy oh, it more or just uh, better, yeah, absolutely. better at it? Yeah. Um, I got some offers from some small schools to go play football. Um, okay. I just had way more of an opportunity in track and field. Okay. What is the, was, uh, I'm curious what the weight, what's the weight of a, a, like a shot put in the United States as compared to some of the rocks that you were throwing over there. So shot puts are all like 16 pounds or okay. 7.26 kilos, whatever that comes out to be exact. Mm -hmm. Um, the stones we throw, so we have an open stone and then we have a Braemar. The Braemar is your bigger of the two and you throw it from a standing position instead of getting the full approach. Okay. And so that one is anywhere usually from like 20 to 28 pounds. Okay. Wow. And it's a traditional event based on this single stone in Braemar, Scotland, that they still throw at the competition of Braemar. Oh, wow. Okay. One, oh, of the, nice. one of the only events that I really, really wish I would have got to attend and I didn't. Oh, that's too bad. Yet. Well, you're not dead yet. <laughs> Long way from showing up on the field in that one. I may have to let that dream go. And one of the coolest things about going to that one, right, was the queen goes. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And so the queen's in Scotland and there's this giant to do about it. And um, like 200,000 people end up showing up for this thing. It's Holy. it's absolutely ridiculous. If you look up Braemar uh, Highland Games. Wow. It's on this perfectly like manicured, beautiful grass. <laughs> and so typically when you throw, you'd get like a couple warm-up throws and then you would get, you know, three attempts. Sure. Because Braemar's on this weird schedule that's all based on the queen. <laughs> like what she's got going of, on. Right? Of course. <laughs> and nothing is a priority except for what she's looking at. Yeah. And so you you like 
no warm-ups, and at best two throws. Okay. <laughs> and like five events. Oh, wow. And so like it's a challenging day to fly to Scotland to go do that. Sure. When it when it fell between like um the North American Championships in Enumclaw, Washington are there every year, and then the game in Portland the following weekend, or okay. the vice versa. And I could go do those two games back to back, hang out in the Pacific Northwest, probably camp. Yeah. And then yeah. make make more money at each game than I would make at all at Braemar. Yeah. <laughs> like damn for an experience though. I wish I had it. Sure. But, uh, right. I just could never make it work, you know. So, so that's the Braemar. Braemar stone comes from that. And then yeah, the other stones we throw are yeah, stones anywhere from sixteen to eighteen pounds. Okay. How how big is like the Highland Games in the States? How, how I mean, how many athletes are competing in that um, over here? I bet, like so you've got all types of classes, right? So you've got like a novice class, an A class, a B class, and a C class. And so okay. your A would be your top amateurs. And then okay. there's a professional class. I believe we've got women too. So, I mean, at some of these games, we had over 100 athletes on the field. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so pretty sizable sport. I mean, I competed really often. Um, any You know, starting kind of in May at Loch Norman out in – North Carolina. These are typically like Scottish festivals or Ren fairs or oh, sure. those type of things. Okay. And awesome. uh, you know, somewhere people are gonna be selling giant turkey legs. <laughs> sure as shit. Well, giant turkey real, legs. Real people are walking around drinking ale. It's a, <laughs> right? it's know, not a bummer of a sport to be involved in for yeah. sure. <laughs> I've very much appreciated getting to drink through most of my competitive years. That's it. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some good beer too, I'd imagine. Oh, I've had had a, had my share. It's been lovely. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we compete a lot. So starting kind of in May, and then the season went in in September. Or September, and it would be like I'd usually do about twenty games a year. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, more than I thought. So four yeah. or five weekends in a row. Yeah, have a weekend off. Four or five weekends in a row. Wow. Okay. So, do you go from? Like you win a, a, a U.S. championship and then you're invited over to to play in the Scottish games? Uh, there's no real rules to any of it. Okay. All right. It, it's a pretty fucking, it's pretty loose. <laughs> um, it's the Scottish. But I imagine you got to pass some something to be able to compete. Kind of, man. So in the States, there's a little bit of a system, right? So you've got novice and then it would go to C, B, then A. Okay. And the kind of rule is, is like, if you win a C, you compete in the B's now. And if sure. you win a B, you compete in the A's now. And then there's some point where like A's have kind of world championships and stuff like that. Like the, the amateur world championships and everything. And kind of the idea is if you win one of those, turn pro. Okay. Hmm. But the whole thing is like, there's no federation. Yeah. Right. And so every weekend is run by a Renaissance fair and there's an athletic director. Okay. And they invite whoever the hell they want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so the whole sport came down to having relationships with the athletic directors. And so part of the gig was like in your amateur years, making sure you traveled to meet okay. athletic directors and kind of kiss some ass so that when you turned pro, you had a place to get invited to, to go make some money. 
Got it. <laughs> I suppose the worst thing is to turn pro and have no 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 games yeah. to play. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of how you decide if you can turn pro or not. Is like if if yes, <laughs> have I met someone? Maybe go for it. Yeah, have I made enough connections? Nice. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So, so you did enough smoozing. Oh, hundred percent. Excellent. Hundred percent. Did enough schmoozing, and then um, and then I won an amateur world championship in 2011 that got me an automatic invite to the professional world championship like in two weeks oh wow which is really strange <laughs> boom uh Here what i believed uh, up until the moment that it was said to me i was 100 percent in belief that i had an invite to next year's oh okay that yeah, i would sure. have like a full oh. season as a professional and then i already got the invite to pro to worlds which which would make sense actually correct it would absolutely make sense again it's a bonker sport and so i show up at worlds my first professional worlds as my first pro game in new that hampshire was, that's 2011 uh yeah in okay. new hampshire and uh man I threw my ass off nice oh, and ended up taking second place okay nice and uh that took care of a lot of having to worry about getting invites as well okay well kudos to you for doing that so quickly but it was, you, yeah you it was a like, big surprise <laughs> what, what else do i need to do i just right, know what right. to do just just go and do it that's awesome but like i felt the expectations were so low okay like i'm first pro but anything better than last year man i'm feeling pretty <laughs> fucking sweet right right and so with that like what's there to lose here yeah, sure. yeah for sure you know absolutely set this place on fire and give it hell yeah yeah for sure and you know it was two weeks after world championship i'm still pretty peaked from like training and everything else and so you know took one week off and then got some throws back under my belt and was so ready to go nice and nice. you know luckily got roomed with a rad roommate who you know helped through a bunch of years of the games this guy mike bukowski who had been pro for a few years and that's cool yeah really took me took me took me under so nice. so what's an average lifespan of a pro man um so i did it for eight years okay. okay um a lot of guys will do it longer than 10 years i mean ryan Vieira, who's now passed away did it for over 20. Jeez. mark valenti's in great shape um, runs his CrossFit out of Cleveland, and uh, he threw for like 16 or 17 years. There's another guy like Kerry Overfelt. Wow. But, I mean, most guys can do 8, 9, 10 years of it because it's not max effort work the way powerlifting is, right? Like the reward for getting stronger in powerlifting is you have to get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and so – that are strongman right like the bar always rises and so mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. only one direction to go but yes. with throwing the implements don't ever get any heavier sure so Did, okay so is it like from your first year to the next you're now working on technique a different you know yeah everything all the time right like that would build my seasons out that way and kind of like what training would look up look like to get peaked for big games um you know lots of reps early in the season with none of not you know not a ton of intensity to okay. really be forcing big picture stuff so that i can get all that really dialed in technique wise so that when it came time to start putting gas on the fire 
the muscle memory was taking care of 80% of the thing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And so by the end of the season, I could really focus on one or two things and really put the gas on it. Got her all honed in by then. So there's no senior league. No, well, there is a master's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So master's is a 40 and over. Oh, which, so that's the one I'll probably sign up yeah, for. Yeah, you're good. Right. Go for it. Yeah, I, I, I recommend it. It's a fantastic sport. I, it's not fun, but. I I had the best time doing it, man. Best job yeah. I ever did. Yeah. And then you you end up uh, blowing your knee out. And, and how, was that related to the games or was that in something else? I mean, I never had like a catastrophic injury. Okay. And so. I always feel weird about saying related to the games or not, like because I didn't have some slip or fall or mm-hmm. twist or moment or even in the lifting, I can't blame it on the games. However, sure. I mean, <laughs> however, <laughs> I would say it had something to do with it. Sure. And so and my knee just wore out. Okay. Uh, by the end of my last season, I was really struggling to throw well, and I couldn't quite get my hip to push through. And my knee kind of wouldn't my knee wouldn't fully extend anymore. Okay. Uh-huh. So if that's not happening, I can't engage the, the I can't engage the quad. I can't line up the hip, and then I'm always rushing the hand and then miss the throw. It just awful. Okay. So the plan is, all right. Well, we're gonna have ACL surgery. Get this knee cleaned up. We're going to take a year off, rehab, sort my diet out get for you know get get ready yeah come back for 2018 and give it hell take another run at trying to win a world's sure well and i want to like to step back and mention that that the what the that you won the world in 2012 and yeah, 2014. 2012 and 2014 right yeah i feel we didn't haven't talked touched on that sure, en- sure. enough because that's that's huge it was very fun yeah um those are two really cool moments and they've, and they've been really cool upon even more reflection mm. of, uh, something I focused on for like 20 years of my life, right? Throwing mm. in some aspect. Sure. Between that and like all the experiences of strongman and what I spent time doing and then traveling and learning it and putting time into mastery. Like I had two moments because I had competed enough. And one of the other things I've got, I've gotten very good at is I compete well. Okay. okay. I can deal with anxiety. I can deal with the stress. And like, I know that I can throw well when it matters. Yeah. And that's such such a rare quality to be able to, I mean, to handle that anxiety. I think that that's what really what separates the great ones. Right. And it's, and it, and it's confidence in it. Like I've done it enough that like, I trust it. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, over the years of getting to do all that, I just learned so much from it. That repetition and everything else just continues to build and build and build. Yeah. And so once that time that my knees worn out, Mm. it wasn't going to come back. And so the surgery didn't go great. (laughs) Yeah, to Uh, say the least. Yeah. Didn't go great. And so, um, you know, it turned into five other ACL repairs and then, then really got into trouble trying to get out of chronic pain. We just had chewed the knee apart by that point, oh. trying to, trying to save it. Okay. Um, yeah. so yes, it wasn't a I continuous mean, injury. It was, no, it was all really surgery. Oh, wow. So the that's, end of 2016, that's like, frustrating, I, isn't it? 
a bit. <laughs> I mean, be, beyond the, okay, I re-injured it kind of thing. It's how do you do? I, I've never heard it led that. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it, essentially from 20, probably what January of 2017 till April of 2019, I had nine knee surgeries. That's crazy. Uh, and, and like all elective, man, you know, I, I chose this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to repair a thing and then got to kind of chasing to fix it and then ran into trouble and then chasing to get out of pain. Yeah. I, I own all this. This isn't bad luck. Sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, anybody who wants to see you, you kind of documented a lot of it in the, what's it called fragile on, on your YouTube yeah. channel. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're obviously you, it's, it's crazy watching through the years and how you put it together and you, the attitude change between, you know, the frustration the and, and the, yeah. Yeah. So it's been a journey to be a long process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, but at, at the end of the day, you know, I got really scared once kind of the pain stuff wasn't going away. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, going from competing the way I was and being able to use my body in such a way that like, I, I really enjoyed for one, it's how I manage stress with training X, Y, and Z having all those things taken away from me and just re- like in rewarding any movement with pain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's hard. And so I went from being second in the world to, I couldn't go up and down stairs using my right leg. Jesus Christ. That's I, 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 I traveled with a cane for a few years. I went and taught seminars with a fucking cane. Wow. Okay. Um, the journey. Yeah. Well, yeah. just the highs of being a champion to being almost yeah. crippled. Yeah, and, and and then with it, right? Because at, at some point, I just had to submit that. So this mm-hmm. is this is where we are. So what about a mental? As much as you know, your yeah, your body, but your body was bringing you your your livelihood. Mm-hmm. And now my life, my body is not going to help me with my livelihood. How meant that had been a huge mental stress. Yeah, losing that identity of being an athlete was really tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd been very prepared for the Highland Games coming to an end. Like, that's a chapter, and I really wasn't that attached to being Matt Vincent, the Highland Games world champion. Sure. It's a really cool thing I got to do, but mm-hmm. it, isn't, it wasn't going to make my tombstone. Sure. And, and you realized that early on? I knew that very, very early on. Okay. Um, same way that, look, I don't still want to talk about playing high school football sure right like a chapter ends i seem to be better if i move on from it yeah mm-hmm. and go find something else to do with my time instead of talking about yesterday sure sure um so i was very prepared for that okay and then the fucking the looper that life threw me was the chronic pain piece and not sure. being able to actually use my body anymore yeah right. i mean not just losing the sport but losing yeah. The ability to do anything athletic. Yeah, that one I wasn't prepared for uh, <laughs> yeah. at all. Okay. And um yeah, it beat me up, man. And um at Did some you think point, at some point think I'm never gonna get rid of pain? I'm never gonna be able to walk normal again? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I had I mean that's probably the lowest it gets, right? Is I very, very vividly remember Okay that my biggest goal has to be getting out of pain because yeah. I, I know, and I know myself that? well enough. Um, 
between what's what but between one of your which of your nine surgeries <laughs> ish it had to have been one of the acls like three or four okay you know where i had gone in we i did three months of rehab everything feels good we go for a check and it's just not there like there isn't an accident my body's just not apparently into cadaver tissue oh, and so okay. like another acl surgery like so i did like three in like nine months and so that's a lot of time being under it's a lot of time with anesthesia it's a lot of time with nerve blocks it's a lot of time with everything mm -hmm. and i remember at some point because the pain thing had shifted and it wasn't like um i it wasn't recovering anymore mm. it just stayed shitty mm. And got to the point where if I got it inflamed from doing too much, like, well, I don't know, walking a couple hundred yards throughout the day, uh, not even at once, just even oh, at all. Uh, it got so inflamed that it would just be like an eight or nine out of 10. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, my own kind of unique stance with death and everything like that is, look, if I'm really honest with myself, I know I don't ride the clock out like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. You know, I either, I either at some point decide this isn't for me anymore, or I figure out how to get rid of the leg. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, okay. And once I kind of can take some ownership of that feeling, then yeah. there's no risk to continue trying anything else that may help. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, burn all the boats, try anything we can. Right. Yeah. So during that time, it would, um, Hey, obviously it's not the same doctor you're always going back to. Do you like yeah, right. same same surgeon? So you and I don't I don't know how to say it without being, but you continue yeah, to look, trust the same doctor, or you like no, I want to. Get you know, I I did, and that's never been one of those things that I've looked back on as a big fuck up. Yeah. No, I'm I mean, not saying it is. I just no, no, no. I'm I'm with you, right? Like I've believe me, I've run through this more than once. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, with myself, this isn't a novel idea of did I choose the right surgeon to continue to see this many times in a row. And between surgeries, I went and got second opinions and everyone recommended the guy that I was with. Okay. Yeah. You know, as far as went to the Andrews clinic and met with, uh, met with them to talk about knee, even doing my surgery there. And they felt yeah. my, my surgeon was, was fine and okay. would do the procedure that I was looking at. So, yeah. all right. You know that, yeah, I I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. That I would just, be the first question I would have for someone like, head, like, like, of course, this wasn't the same guy just fucking building a new wing on his house. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, you, and you hope they're not like that, but I just, I had to ask, so. Yo, look, man, I don't know what they're like. Yeah. I believe all they're right. trying to help people. You know? Yeah, you, you got to believe that. And, and but, again, to your philosophy, all right, it's done. So what, yeah. was, what was the final that that helped? Um, total knee replacement. Oh, jeez, wow. Okay. Oh, so up to that point, you were just repairing the same. Mm-hmm. And at, after eight, said, so let's just re replace it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just that's really the last option. Okay. So I went and, into that one really scared. And, right. Yeah. What was it? The, no, go ahead. Well, um, why didn't you do that after five? I'm, I, and I've never had surgery. That's why I'm asking. Um, so we did the ACL. So we didn't do like eight ACLs. Okay. So we did like five ACLs. And then we tried to do a piece where they would replace the cartilage in the bottom of my knee where I was having pain. Okay. 
by doing this oats procedure where they cut these like big 30 mil holes in the bottom of your femur and top of your tibia oh. and then replace it with <laughs> uh cartilage yeah that's fresh from okay. a cadaver as we're figuring out one of the issues is apparently i don't do cadaver tissue very well <laughs> um, so the, these don't heal great ah okay and so that becomes one of the next problems okay so, um, so it's kind of like tribal error a bit <laughs> a, a bit, bit. just okay. fun carpentry yeah. so, <laughs> so like you said uh the, the the ninth one the total knee replacement was the scariest one you know i, I can only imagine going into that worrying what's going to be when i when i wake up and if you still have pain where do i go from here yep yeah it was terrifying um, yeah so i mean after total knee replacement like they get you up and have you walking that day oh wow it's crazy yeah um well there's no soft tissue to heal right it's not like there's okay. a ligament that's been screwed in or anything like that i mean they've done some massive carpentry work here they have sawed off the bottom of your femur sawed off the top of your tibia fibia and the back <laughs> of your kneecap Oh, and then they drilled into all of them and added metal parts now. Sure. And this plastic midbit. Okay. Uh, which is now kind of your meniscus. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. So a, there's a reason I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, it's or, carpentry. This shit is not detail work. <laughs> you ever watch them do it? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, big picture, not finish here. I do finishing work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Plastic surgeons are finishing work. That's that's true. That's <laughs> right? true so so your first uh, your your first step after the surgery you're, you're i knew that yeah i knew that the pain that i had been really desperate to get rid of was gone wow and how amazing and, is that feeling wow i didn't trust it oh uh, that's true okay okay yeah but can... but, but very very good but it, you know the very first moment of like i knew that something i had been desperately in search of just getting a reprieve from was gone yeah mm. yeah because i was only able to find a few times really that i could get any reprieve from it there were only a handful of things that ever helped sure sure and i can i can i got that feeling because i've had my back operated on twice and uh for sciatic issues and you know you have it the first time and, and you wake up and you're pain-free and then eventually it comes back so after the second one i, I felt that when you said you don't trust it because you're like yep. okay i feel good today but and luckily for me you know knock on wood i haven't had to go back for it so yeah i mean i had three three years of rehabs right like yeah yeah no, i didn't trust shit <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah and so what kept you going through that whole time well i knew the other option yeah yeah not a good one no it's no. not no no yeah and like i don't know i'm not willing for that one yet and during that time we were planning your next move like when i get when i do get pain pain free and can walk normal I'm it was going really to... even tough to get that far okay because because it had just kind of got to a point where you know before i'd gotten pain free that like i need to sort my brain out in case mm -hmm. i'm not yeah yeah for oh, sure sure did you have a plan if it if not kind um of? <laughs> not really okay okay not really if i'm honest um no that plan's not going to be great for me long term mm -hmm. uh dark dark thoughts no for sure yeah, yeah there's there's no way i continue down that path for till the end of the story there's no way right right yeah, i'm very very comfortable with knowing that's the alternative to me not figuring this out well thank goodness you did yeah no shit <laughs> same yeah no shit. same you know, and so 
like I said, right, if I know that's the alternative, then there's no risk to trying everything I can possibly do. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of how I went into it. And like, you know, I, if, if that's the solution that if we can't figure it out, I have to be able to say we did everything we could. Mm-hmm. So that means do all the rehab. That means let's take care of the diet and see what happens if we change things up. So we live more anti-inflammatory. What yeah. if we add cold plunge and daily exposure into my life? What if I do the sauna? What if I spend time doing stretching? What if I stop lifting heavy and pay more attention to doing other things? Just tell me what I can try and I'll try it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. How long after the, the total knee replacement did you do this, this uh, 18, 19 mile hike slash run? Um, maybe right over two years. Okay. All right. And yeah, by that, that would have fe- been 2019. I got the surgery in April and then that would have been 2021. Okay. Oh. And you're, you're, you're confident with your knee, but at this point, like you're completely yeah. good to go with it. Yeah. I feel pretty good with it. I mean, there's things I want to do and not do. Sure. Just from the, you know, the risk standpoint, but I mean, I don't mind mountain biking or trail running or lifting weights or doing anything like that. I have some struggles mobility wise, but they're all in the hip. Okay. And all that'll right. be its own next bag of problems. I'll have to get into <laughs> at some point. I'm just sure. not quite ready to do it. Sure. Sure. All right. So your next chapter, you're out of, you're pain free and you're moving on. And what's your next, what was what, your next chapter? Um, so I really leaned into going after trying to build my brand and kind of continue adventuring. Okay. Um, as I'd started to kind of find quite a bit of change in my life, uh, from that chapter to whatever was going to be the next, it took some time to kind of say, well, what do we want to do? You know, whether, you know, I've got my, my business already and I'm doing that, but that's, that's the job. Okay. Right. That's what I do for a living and I enjoy it and it brings a great fulfillment of getting to create stuff and create content around it and have the podcast and do everything else. But I also still need to be learning and doing new things. And, and where so does really so go ahead? Where does the clothing line then come into all of this? So the brand has been around since 2014. Okay. Uh I started mm. that while I was still competing and uh we've just continued on with it. Okay. Uh, okay. It started as hate brand goods and then we've rebranded over to not dead yet. Not dead yet. It's kind of uh, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it as uh. well, I love the shirt. You picked a, a perfect movie to go on the shirt. It's a great uh, movie. Mad Max is great, man. Yeah. Look, I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's one yeah, of my I, favorites. I, I love a lot of all this. Um, you know, the style I always liked was all this kind of like a little bit more punk rock and a little bit more of that scene. Yep. You know, those type of movies with evil dead and, yeah. yeah. This type of shit was all my vibe. And so yep. that and man, I spent I spent my formative years in bars and bouncing in strip clubs and oh living Some a per- hell of a life. To that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doing that tour managed for a band and is that the band? A bicycle shop. So is that the band behind the jersey behind you? No, so that's just another buddy's band. Uh, okay. every time I die, they're kind of um uh hmm. a, a metal band. Oh, okay, cool. Check them out. Yeah, okay. great fun. And so got to experience a bunch of different lives. And I mean, that's really what's kind of informed the vibe of the brand. Yeah. Yeah. And so having some lifestyle apparel for those who do that and still attack life physically and are still really going for it. Yeah. I feel like a little bit of a fraud wearing this shirt. Cause I got, you know, I, like I, ah, I, come I, on, I, de- man. I definitely need to make it fit a little better, but that's my choice. I gotta make, 
If I've learned nothing by watching Unstoppable. Well, look, man, if any of that, right, like, if it doesn't bum you out, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and I yeah, I hear you. I mean the only But if you ever have moments that say like, ah, I wish I was X, right. Fucking do something about it. Exactly. Exactly. And I've said too many times I'm gonna do something about it and I you know, so now I just stop saying I'm gonna do anything about it. Oh now I have to go. Yeah. You know, you stop talking. You just can't have both. Right, right, (laughs) right. But you gotta gotta choose which one you wanna do. But it's you know, I I have a young daughter, so I did I mean it's like you want to get healthy for, you know, so that's what you got to make that choice. So no, it gives you more well, options age, and you more opportunity, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. So your brand was started back then. That's cool. I didn't realize that, which is awesome. And so obviously the, the, the brand has changed quite a bit and expanded quite a bit mm-hmm. since back then. I mean, was that when it started, was it more of an athletic kind of? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of still stayed stuff. based in that. Right. Like I would still say kind of my base audience was still powerlifters, strength athletes, stuff like that. Right. And as it's continued to kind of go lifestyle, it's, I, I've always wanted designs that would appeal to both. Yeah. I kind of didn't feel like I wanted shirts to wear that were so obviously saying like I lifted. I sure. felt like uh, the machine's supposed to look that way. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> It makes sense. So, yeah, it does. I don't need a bumper sticker on the back of my four wheel drive that says four wheel drive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and and to be fair, you if I were if I were a shirt saying I'm I have a six pack but I'm fat. Right. I, I mean, I'm fat. I'm false ever. It's just dumb, you know. So right. <laughs> so speaking of that, did you see the guy who got the six pack tattooed to himself? Oh, <laughs> He's what like a blessing. A, anyway, <laughs> what a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll never wear that shirt yet. Yet. Yeah. 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 But, but, but possibly. <laughs> um, well, that's true. Um, so, so there you go. Your, your brand. Let's, mm. let's talk about, well, not, I don't think it's just a brand. It's your lifestyle, right? I mean, yes. Not dead yet. I mean, that's huge for you right now or yeah, has that's... been, and it needs to be huge for in other people's lives. So. Yeah, that's, it's really been the driving force. Um, you know, I've been, looking back at a lot of journaling I've done over the last couple of years, uh, recently kind of going back to really the start of this transition and kind of being able to look at stuff instead of some frustration I'll always find where I'm not making enough progress because I'm a, I'm a lunatic. <laughs> and so I'll get bummed at myself for not meeting some magical expectation that's made up on nothing. Yeah. Um, but if I take time to go backwards and look at like where I was and I can see the progress, then it doesn't have to change the point that I'm currently at that I'm back being stoked. Yeah. Yeah. And so when things really switched for me, like there were a couple moments there was mm-hmm. in 2014, my dad passed away of uh, pancreatic cancer. Sorry to hear that. And so he passed away uh, uh, at 62 the day before my 31st birthday. And so whatever awareness that came from that of feeling that I was halfway through my life was a big awakening to the simple idea that I am for sure going to die. Yeah. And in hindsight of that, and the more I've recently been thinking on it, that not only for sure am I going to die, but one of the options that I may not get to pick anything over is I die the way my dad did. Sure. 
is I get fucking cancer and in 11 months I'm dead as shit. Right. Yeah. And so if that's a possibility of me being alive, doing the sales job and shit that I'm currently doing isn't worth it. So yeah. I want to live a life that is. Yeah. Because if that's the way it's maybe going to go, fuck it, man. I got to make the ride worth it. I, I have to tell you, I've, every time I watch this thing, I nearly get up and go tell my boss I quit because it's it's one of those things where you know I, I go to work only to make ends meet. There's no love left in what I do, and and uh, so yeah. But is, can you find it though? Look, there's I, look, I don't always believe it's burn it down, right? Because I think perspective is so much a part of it. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, being able to have the right perspective on it changes the reality of that position. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. I won't. I mean, with the, you know, with the position you're in, the job you're in, right? Like, yeah. what, what do you what do you do? I design buildings. Okay. So when's the last time in that job that you were trying to get better at it? Oh, I hope my boss isn't listening to this. <laughs> no, but I mean, while. like, yeah, but no, that's honestly right? right. So when's the last time you were trying to learn new information, re-educate right. on what's currently going on, push yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It's, be been, it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time for sure. Probably since you started because you had to well, learn what. Yeah. I mean, you're there. You're, you're definitely expanding your knowledge base as you go throughout. And I right. still, but where I'm out there pursuing to get better at it, it's been a long time. I mean, you're going to get, there's things that are going to come to you because they have to come to you through the job. Right. Mm -hmm. There's also things you can go and learn on your own and really, and it's been a long time since I've done anything like that. So I bet that would rekindle a lot of the reason why you like doing what you like doing. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you got there for a reason, right? Like this wasn't an issued job. Right. Exactly. No, I, I made the choice to go into this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, simple changes of shit like that on the mindset of it and being able to figure out what starts refilling that actual happiness, which sure. is learning new information and trying new things and kind of getting to test yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's you. where the growth comes from. Yeah. You know, no You're different right. than working out or anything else, right? Sure. That if I want my body to adapt physically, I have to stress it so that it grows back stronger to be ready for more stress the next time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same for anything I want to be better at, whether that's, you know, managing discomfort, managing anxiety, being able to think of, you know, meditate, anything's going to take repetition. Yeah. And for me to push it to a level that creates the adaptation I want. Yeah, I, I that's that's all. Awesome. I love the way that you turned that on its head for me. Like I in watching it, you know, I love the message and but I that part of it had never come to me. You know, I, it was always I want to leave this and go do something that, you know, I, but you're right. There there is it's it's all about perspective and mindset. So I mean, there's no rules at all, right? That like in five years from now, you couldn't be designing really killer tiny houses and selling plans online. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, look, man, one of the things I'm really passionate about now is after going through this dark space in my life, that I can help people manage perspective better. Yeah. Well, I think That's you just proved it. That you, that you are able to. <laughs> well, right. And that's what I say, because you yeah. hear that you hear the message you want the way you want to hear the message. Yeah. It goes in, you know, and you, you fit. So to then put the message back out there and have it come at you a different way is, you know, that's, yeah. Well, and, and, and so much of stuff, right? Change and people want change in this and that. Yeah. But it comes from taking action. Mm -hmm. 
right? And having awareness. And so yeah. even having the awareness of being able to say like, am I looking at this the right way? Am I applying the same rules that make me excited to do anything else in my life? Right, right. So and then if I'm not, I can take action toward those and see what happens. Yeah. So what, what do you say to the, to the person who absolutely hates what they're doing, but financially can't and, and didn't pursue it. Like you said, you, you chose that career. You went to college, right? Somebody that I just took the job and next thing you know, I'm 20 years into it. Yeah. Everything's a choice. True. Everything's a choice. And so the first thing is you've got to be totally accountable to be able to say, I chose this. This is where I'm at. And so I look at it from that point, right? That we have, let's call that moment of awareness of this is what my life is. I just now realized, holy fuck, I'm 20 years into this thing. And I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's where I was. Yep. So moment one is have self-awareness of that's happening. And be honest with yourself and stop, stop having judgment of that feeling and trying to convince yourself that you should be happy because of X, Y, and Z. Just stop. From that point on, I consider like that moment, that's your base self. That is simply the you that is an accumulation of all of the experiences and things you've learned thus far. But the moment you realize you don't have to do that, that it was all a choice, that it wasn't on the rails, now you can take action. And so from there, what I try to think about really is like, what would my best self be? And not necessarily what does he do for a living, any of that type of shit. Right. But what skills would he have? Right. Right. What is he into? Does he adventure more? Does he read books more when he has downtime instead of staring at his fucking phone? Does he, you know, instead of rewarding doing something great with bad food that later makes him not feel good why wouldn't he reward good with more good why were you staring at me the whole time <laughs> Look, I, this is all shit i'm trying to convince me of too man like this is a battle because base me is, is trying to fucking win yeah because if i don't stay on the gas and continue to choose the discipline and the action base me is who shows up yeah yeah base me is not that excited about life and it's, it's a battle. That's a good. Yeah, it is a battle. So how many days do you wake up and, and you're, fuck it, I, can't, I just can't. Today, I'm, this is, the choice is to just stay here and I'm not doing anything. Never. Okay. No. All right. No way. No. Good. Not a single, no way. <laughs> now, but was there a time where you did battle that? Even though you um, moved on from it. but that was That was never how I would have managed depression. Depression to me would have manifested in other ways of being more self-destructive. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just food or anything like that. Sure. Um, I'm fucking way too ADD to lay still. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, even through years and years of a lot of pain meds, I mean, the days that I just did nothing and stayed on the couch are pretty limited. Wow. Even, even when you're going through nine knee mm-hmm. surgeries, you're finding a way to... <laughs> I can get, so, I mean, I'd built a garage gym by this point. Okay. Because again, base me is really lazy. (laughs) Okay. So if I have a drive to go somewhere, I won't go to the gym. Okay. So I have to eliminate that. 
Oh yeah. That is okay. will I, that is taking full accountability of I know I'm this way. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to try to change that one. We'll just put a gym here and eliminate the excuse. And, Pitt, and that, so, that, that self-awareness is so rare. I, I'm trying. Yeah. And so for, for rehab, I could always crutch myself into the garage and get on the assault bike and even my leg in a straight leg brace, I could pedal and use my arms. <laughs> mm. Well, so I pedal. also know too how much this helps recovery. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm getting lymphatic drainage, I'm moving, I'm getting blood flow, I'm getting muscle response. Even training one leg carries over to the other. Okay. And so, you know, having that and being able to stay cardiovascularly in intact while I'm going through this many rounds of being put to sleep, man, I, I can really feel that the anesthesia takes seven days. Yeah. Really get out of you. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would, I would hammer it and start getting in the sauna and be able to start trying to cook sweat out and push tons of liquid make sure that my diet's on point. So I'm not getting any more inflamed than I need to be, you know, running a tens unit almost 24 hours a day. Like I attacked rehab the same way I felt like I was training for stuff. Running, yeah. a, running a what unit? 20? Uh, like a tens unit. So like a muscle stimulator. Oh, okay. Hmm. Didn't know what that was. Okay. Yeah. So I, I can get passive contractions within the, the quadriceps or the calves to get sure. more emphatic drain since I can't bend my knee. Got it. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize it. Sure. No, yeah, I've I've heard that before. I haven't. Okay. Yeah, I learned I learned a a big giant toolbox worth of stuff. <laughs> I would imagine uh, during all those years of just willing to dive in to find anything that helped. That's what got me into using the cold plunge and saunas and so everything else. Can you explain to me the cold plunge because every I see it all the time, and why do I want to do it, and what is it going to do for me? Because okay. I, I I see everybody, it's it's kind of like the the fad. I mean, Joe Rogan does it, Bert Kreischer <laughs> sure. does it. Hangover people for hangovers. But yeah, sure. They're not a hangover wise. Why would I want to do it? So I got introduced to cold plunging like mid twenty fifteen. Okay. My knee was starting to be a bit of an annoyance, uh, and I met a friend Kelly Starrett who introduced me to it. I used it at his place and thought, oh. That's pretty fascinating. Just got a different response from it than I expected. And especially how he was using it for down regulation. So it wasn't like post training to just get rid of soreness. Okay. It was before he went to bed, he spent two minutes in the cold and then went to sleep. Oh. And okay. so when just you, whenever you down. get in the cold, that's exactly what happens, right? Your body automatically, once you can slow your breathing down and everything else, your body mm -hmm. shifts over to the parasympathetic nervous system. In case I'm getting that wrong, it's the one that is helping <laughs> you with rest and digest. Like, I'm so far from being a doctor. I, I, I guarantee <laughs> this you no so one watching this has perfect, any idea. <laughs> perfect. Somebody out there is like, he's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think um, we have a lot of yeah, no. We don't want you to get hate mail. But you man, I'm, I'm such a caveman. I promise. I feel like I've learned so much of this just phonetically. Yeah. Like, I can recite it. But... um. So the cold, as all your blood kind of restricts to the middle of your body, your heart rate has to slow down. You get to take control of your breathing. You switch over into this. You kick out of fight or flight, which is how most of us spend the day. Okay. Which is in our sympathetic nervous system. We're pretty amped up. I mean, you can kind of tell, right, that like 
if you sit still and you were to close your eyes right now, are your eyes darting back and forth behind your eyelids? Yep. <laughs> and so that is sympathetic nervous system. That's fight or flight. You're producing cortisol. You're having stress hormone release, doing all these type of things all day long. The cold and the breath work kicks you into parasympathetic nervous system and drops all that back down. Hmm. So that's that's one, what he did. That's what he that, did. That's what he was doing and why he was doing it. Got it. So it does that. Okay. So that's one use of it. Got it. And you? Um, personally, I use it every day because I find that it may, it brings me really present with my body. So when do you I, do it? Uh, so I typically do it in the morning as part of my morning routine. And then I do it again at the end of the day. Oh, geez, So I kind of just book, look, it's six minutes of doing nothing. I'm not a fucking hero. <laughs> That's the only time you said still. No, six <laughs> minutes. That's it. it's six minutes of doing nothing. <laughs> That's still... I can't get beat by nothing. It's so much is, easier than working out, I promise. Well, what, what is the temperature true. of a cold plunge? Uh, I keep it... mine at about 45 degrees. Okay, all right. Kind of all the studies show anything below that's kind of eh, whether or not it's okay. any more valuable. Like, I'm not doing it for this max effort exercise of seeing how long I can stomach it or anything like this. Sure. No. Doing it to serve a purpose. Okay. And your morning, are they different reasons? Your morning and after yeah. and night? Okay. So your so, morning... My morning routine is I'll typically get in here and try to spend some time moving, like uh, either riding the bike, training a little bit, uh, and listening to a book or podcast or something new information-wise. And so by the time I finish training, I spend an hour in the sauna listening to a book or something else, podcast. By the time I'm done there, I'm usually so spun up with ideas <laughs> and sure. things that I'm, I'm useless, but I'm very excited for the day. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so getting the cold and me getting back present with my body instead of just being in my head during that whole time pulls everything back together with the breath. And then when I start my day, I'm really focused. Mm, okay. So setting myself up for success. I feel like that time in the morning for me leading up to the cold plunge really helps me put my own own oxygen mask on for the day yeah okay though before i'm tackling emails and diving into other bullshit and already being attacked by the rest of the world i get to take some offense okay and do are my non-negotiables are you uh do you do you ever see your phone before you're done with this part of your routine of course i do okay <laughs> <laughs> of course i do i'm not a, i'm not howard hughes right i'm not i don't have jars of piss collected like some maniac I do the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. You limit. You know, well, I just do the best I can. Right. If I catch myself, I, I really don't get mad or shitty with myself anymore. It's just a matter of, you stop. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I agree with you there because one of my, my moments in life years ago was if I did something where I was like, shit, I didn't, I look what I just did for the last hour and I didn't want I don't beat myself. And when I stopped beating myself up for stuff, my life was a lot happier. Why am I, why am I throwing good time now at, at, at a thing that's already happened? Correct. Yep. Mm. I got the fucking message anyway. Yeah. I fucked up. I'm moving that's on. That's it. Move yeah. on. Yeah. I'm, okay. done doing, I'm done doing that thing. So and the so, heat, so the sauna, what is that? So also with the cold. Is that back so, to back? 
Um, so I, yeah, I usually will do the heat and then the cold. There's no okay, real so right or wrong way to do it. Sure. But there's benefits um, for this, for the sauna. Same, so, yeah. So, and back to the cold still. So you're also going to get this release of cold shock protein. Oh. So this also helps testosterone, helps some other hormone regulation, uh, regulation. Um, it seems to be very beneficial for you. And I believe some amount of cold plunging, I think Andrew Huberman has done it now that like, it's like a really minute amount, like three minutes, three times a week reduces like all case mortality by 40%. Mm. Wow. And so like, damn. That's a pretty easy one. I can manage that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sauna does heat shock protein. It's another thing. It's essentially that you're causing your body enough stress that it wants to panic and fucking freak out so that you don't die. Mm. But there's no actual danger. Right. Sure. And so as long as you get that big release and your body doesn't have a bunch of injuries to now heal... <laughs> You get all the benefits hmm. of that big release yeah. without it having to dig you out of a hole. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you could, if you you could do one or the other, which would you feel is more beneficial? Probably cold. The cold. Yeah, you know, it sucks so much more. Yeah. <laughs> like I've done it. I've done it a lot of days and been very consistent with it since 2015. Uh, if I don't have it, I do a shower and, uh, it sucks every day. Okay. <laughs> like there isn't a point that I'm like, well, this is going to be great. No, man, I'm still not that. So after into. all this time you still regret yep. or not regret you. I'm still aware I it. have to do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good to know then that they're, um, in my head going, okay, well, eventually you do it for a no. year. You're like, eh. But there's still. always still some flag that tries to pop in my head and be like, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I just have realized at this point, I don't have to listen. Oh, yeah, there you go. But I choose. Does, okay. That flag doesn't get a vote. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So there, that was going to lead up to my next question. I think you were kind of going with the, the shower. So I, I, I can't build a cold plunge here. <laughs> I mean, I could throw ice cubes in my bathtub. But Depends on how much space you got. Well, I'm in an apartment complex, apartment building. So, do you have a garage? I can't get into that because I got yelled at for using it as storage. So that's a different story. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with it? <laughs> Park my car. Oh God! All right. I, I, um, I literally. I, I don't want to. Yeah, bore you, it would be I, tough. Like the only thing years your best version at. is like to DIY one is what I did the first time, and I just got an old chest freezer. Oh, you just fill it with water. They're liquid tight anyway. Nice. And then you okay. plug it in. So I guess what I was going with, I mean, if I cold shower, I guess I don't know what the coldest it's, my shower will it, get. It's a well, great way to start. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Beneficial? Do I think that do I? Yes. Okay. It's beneficial. I also believe that it's psychologically beneficial because hmm. I believe that there is something to every single day having one moment where you're like, I don't want to. And you say, that's okay. We're going to do this anyway. Mm hmm. Oh, I think yeah. it's something too that every day you walk toward one thing that sucks. There's not any danger to it, but it's a willingness to not listen to that voice. I think right. that takes repetition too, to be able to hear that voice and realize we're going to be fine and be able to realize that it'll lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it's going to do everything it can to get you from from doing it but you do it's it always anyway. going to try to bring you back to the base self yeah yeah you do it you survive and you live on because it does suck and um so i'd imagine if i would to get into after my shower throw it the cold and sit in there for three minutes every day and say this sucks it should build other things that suck that i'm going to continue to work towards exactly so i look at like it's microdosing discomfort Hmm. okay (laughs) i do like your verbiage it's genius i really do so microdosing discomfort kind of idea right is that i mean any adaptation i want has to come from small amounts Mm -hmm. all the time whether that's training or if i'm losing weight it's a caloric deficit or if i'm gaining weight it's a caloric surplus and if i'm well even microdosing or anything along those lines but supplementation or anything needs to be done consistently over time so doing a little bit with the cold kind of keeps that edge always sharp. You know, me doing one day with the cold a month for 10 minutes is less beneficial than me doing one minute every single day. Sure. Because every single day I chose this discomfort. I chose this moment where my body's going to freak out mm-hmm. and I get to handle it. Mm. So that when life throws something at me and my body and everything tries to freak out, I've got tools to be able to say, we're all right, chill the fuck out, manage yourself, and make good decisions. Yeah. That allows me to push myself further in business and try to take better risk with whatever it is, manage all those things. Yeah. By the way, by the way I did it. I put ice, ice cubes in my bathtub once because I had to try it. So, and I did it, I did three minutes. And it's it's crazy how... You do go from like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. And like in three minutes, you're just like, <laughs> everything is just so slow. And so, so. That's why it's such a, it's such a great tool for like first responders. Oh, okay. I mean, one yeah. of the guys I work with here in oh. St. Louis, Josh with uh, St. Louis Breath and Exposure, he's a firefighter. Okay. And I mean, finding this is really what saved his life. Well. It's finding hot, cold and breath work to be able to get himself out of that panic mode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So you get guys tools that actually help them sleep, get guys, you know, so they're not constantly in panic. Yeah. Well, I think that's a a big one panicking throughout your day and life. So, so I'm going to, my head's swirling about incorporating a cold shower for a minute, every, (laughs) every day shower. So I guess the other thing is a shower and then I'm done showering throughout the cold, set a timer for a minute as a start for a couple of days. I mean, even, even just as a start, right. Yep. Hit the cold shower. Yep. And all you have to do is get to the point that you can take 10 full breaths without. Mm. <sighs> uh, just oh, okay. get back in control of it. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. Let's yeah. try that. It's okay, a really good tool first. to kind of measure some progress of it. And you'll realize how much quicker you can get at it. Okay. Tomorrow? We'll see. But I will. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Choose. No, Choose to be yeah. um, well, it, It's incredible what you can do with enough repetition. Yeah, and that's that's the key is I'm not very good at consistency, but you and I, most I, everyone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, it's weird because a lot of people I work with seem to be so routine and consistent with their shit every day 
And I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get how you can do that. My max wife was that way. And I'm like, I don't get it. But maybe that's why we're divorced. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm not many other reasons. Look, I'm not hardwired that way. Yeah, I'm not either. This is, this has all been through trial and error and being honest with myself of like, when do I like myself the most? You know, when do I, when I like myself the most, when I'm the happiest, whenever I feel all those things, I tend to produce the best work. I tend to be the best in the relationships around me. I tend to honor and take care of myself and my time better. All these things are happening whenever I am being my best. And I know at this point that if I'm not training kind of regular, I get a little shitty. Sure. Mm -hmm. I know that if I'm not watching what I eat to some extent, I get a little shitty because I start feeling different. I know that if I don't spend time alone and spend time journaling now, I know that if I don't spend time doing those things, I'll get shitty. Man, these are the survival tools to keep me in the place that I want to be. Yeah. So that I operate my best. Because if I have the awareness that I ever feel better when I do it versus not doing it. Mm-hmm. I can't argue with it. Okay. It's back to that and battle, you know, the battle. Right, right. Or it's admit that I'm not interested in being better. And that one, I don't stomach very well. Uh, sure. Sure. And yet you're, you're, you're always training for something. We, you've, uh, documented the training for the, the 200 and what 40 mile bike ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you are you currently training for something some sort of I'm not I'm not right now um okay. I turned 40 in 2 weeks we'll be mm-hmm. in South Africa when I turn 40 Oh well early happy and, birthday uh, first birthday of all yeah, yeah thank you thank you guys um I'm assuming you probably don't much care about the number you're, you're probably, Well you know or do you work care about the weeks Well the weeks I yeah, care about the weeks man yeah. I care about the weeks for damn sure So um, I like but it's interesting. I've been reflecting on it a lot yeah. and seeing what I think about it. Um, about being turning 40? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, turning 20, turning 30, turning 40, all these different decades and different chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I turned 30, I kind of reached an age like where my parents were the same age when they had had me. Okay. And I'd really felt by like the point that you had got to the age where you would have kids, which was based on the experience I had growing up mm-hmm. that like you had answers yeah. <laughs> like the, that, like you felt like an adult and not like a kid who yeah. had more responsibilities. And when that didn't happen at 30, at some point there in the middle of 30 to 40, I realized that Holy shit, my parents had no clue what they were doing. <laughs> Join the club. Right. Yeah. yeah, of course they don't. Right. They have so much less resource than I currently do to information and came from a society that believes authority to be adults. Right. And I've thought a lot on that because you feel weird about your parents because you don't ever see them as kids. You don't feel weird about your buddies that you grow old with and seeing other adults. But there's a group of adults that were always adults when you showed up. True. Oh, sure, yeah. And they're always adults to you. Mm-hmm. And so. Even if you see pictures of them as children. It yeah. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, right? it doesn't matter at all, man. Yep. Um, interesting that we, how we, how we look at that. 
And so turning 40, I don't feel like I'm like, I, I can't tolerate any more of the childish shit from me. And okay. I don't mean like pursuits because I'm still looking to have as much fun as I can possibly have. Sure. Right. But childish excuses. Okay. Of like, I don't want to. Yeah. Or some weird feeling that when I'm stressed out and I switch to eating like shit, that that's unacceptable anymore. Because, like, what a childish move. Like, that's your feeling of control. Like, you're going to sabotage yeah. your meal because at least I'm fucking this one up. It's not the universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a childish thing to do to pile on the bad. Yeah. And I yeah. don't want to do it anymore. And so, like, coming into 40, I feel I'm trying to get an awareness on all of those little things that, like, ah, that's got to go. Okay. Okay. Which is completely different than 30 when, even though your dad had passed away, and you thought yeah. your half your life was done. Yep. So now you're 10 years older, 10 years closer. A lot less life. A lot less life. Do you, so I'm going to circle back to a question I had when your dad passing away with cancer. Did you look into things about, are you scared about, about getting cancer, hereditary? No. And have you researched how to, pre, I don't want to say prevent cancer, but through all your you know, yeah, you sure, sure, sure. I, like, I, I I'm going to research. Like my, I mean, look, and my dad got pancreatic cancer, right? Like that one, Steve Jobs got it. I mean, there's a little bit of luck of the draw. Sure. But also my dad, type 2 diabetic, he wasn't doing great things of taking care of himself. He had had some issues with uh, congestive heart failure a little earlier and had to have a pacemaker put it in. I got to see some pretty shit lifestyle decisions affect my dad's health. Okay. I don't know when the end date comes for no. me, but I am doing everything I can to stack the cards in my favor again, because if it goes that way, it'll be worth it. Right. So in the back of your head, do you still feel like 62 is, could be your number? It absolutely or, could be. And it could I, be. I, yeah. I mean, look, I don't 42 could be your number. Absolutely. But okay. You know, I mean, look, it's an arbitrary point in the future, right? I mean, right. Mm -hmm. It's 1134 weeks away. And <laughs> what it does is it gives me a moment of reflection. Yeah. And if I've done this reflection every week of my life and been able to say, fuck yeah, to the decisions I've made about doing the things I want to do that bring me the most fulfillment. If I get to 62 and empty the jar, I bet I'm doing things pretty great. You did. Oh, well, huh? yeah, 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 absolutely. So you, you so, said you're, you're going to celebrate your 40th in South Africa. Yeah, we'll be in South Africa. So we uh, we've we've started doing a few things. Um, I started a mentorship group, Not Dead Yet Life, and starting to work with people and talk about a lot of these ideas of kind of this midlife awareness, I guess, that ends up happening. Yeah, I was gonna say you host some kinda men's how retreats. to navigate it. Yeah, so yeah. just hosted one this past weekend. Uh, oh, okay. Hard, hard reset re retreat. And it dives into a lot of that. It's just getting men to take the awareness of where they are and be able to, you know, objectionally look at their bullshit yeah. so that we can address it and let go of it. Things are really hard to change direction of if you don't have a target to get away from or go toward. Absolutely. It's so, so cool that, that dudes are doing this kind of thing now, too, because, you know, I look back at my dad's generation and there's no way these guys would have been meeting to talk about their feelings. <laughs> no. 
you know no so definitely it's, not it's great that we've come to this point that these things are the norm now becoming yeah I'm, I'm glad that the people not doing that are still running the country that's fucking excellent <laughs> well yeah that's true but... <laughs> <laughs> fucking great work um yeah it, it um getting to do that's been great like i'm getting to see this kind of impact you know i got really lucky when i started digging into awareness and weirder shit with doing more cold work and breath work and all this other stuff that I would have written off as hippie world sure. for way too long. Just so kooky and looking at crystals or any of this other stuff, man. It's just, ah, <laughs> oh, come on. We're playing sound bowls. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially from the background I came from. Yeah. Yeah. But there were a couple times where, uh, I got exposed to people and, decided to just lean in and listen and see what I could learn without any judgment of it. Sure. And there was That's a bunch of part. stuff there. There was, no yeah, that no it judgment. helped a ton to go in just as a white belt and say, I do like a lot of the vibe these guys have. Let's just, let's see what happens. What yeah. if I, what if I live this way for the next 72 hours and try to think about things and see what I like or don't like. And, um, man, I noticed a ton that I did. Yeah. And so getting a chance to work with men who kind of come from a different background, more like I did with bands or more artistic or creative or powerlifting and stuff like that, and be able to switch on some awareness and help them realize how much more there can be to do with the tools that you just built. Yeah. You know, nice. and being able to change some perspective to, to like what we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And so what what what's the um why are you headed to south africa sorry jesus sorry no that's all right i wandered I, I took, off there no i took us on, um, the, on the yeah on the, on the tangent so but. along with uh, the wrong direction here <laughs> yeah along with along with the retreats and stuff like that uh bonnie and i travel with this company called trova trip and so two years ago we got to working with them and so we're essentially bait for a travel agency is, <laughs> okay. is the simplest selling tactic here Okay. But the reason we're stoked on it is we get to build these itineraries out. Oh, nice. And then they have a fixer on the ground that really takes care of everything. So like I, I'm not playing tour guide. Okay. By hmm. any stretch. I like getting to travel with other people that are stoked to travel. Yeah. yeah. And especially if I get to pick the itinerary <laughs> right. be fun and do the things that I'm into. Right. Um, some adventure and some history stuff and some, being outside, experiencing a place, I, I, I love it. And so we've opened up those for people to travel with us. Because, cool. man, I think it's a lot to, you know, it's, it's, I can just see the barrier of it being too much to go to a place if you've never left the States. Right. 100%. Sure. Yeah. The fear of getting there and not understanding how to do the rental car. It's just too many decisions that feels way too fucking chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to have someone do this where it's basically turnkey, show up with us and let's have this experience. I've got to see people take on travel. That's awesome. And nothing's changed yeah. me more than that. Yeah. Big okay. travel, small travel, all of it. Yeah. Watching your your the videos that you did while you were in Zimbabwe, camping in Zimbabwe, to me that was just eye opening. Like because I, I think of like that part of Africa thinking can we even go there? Like, are we, right. you know, how do you get so, there? Yeah. So to yeah, I, I just, the experience you had was amazing. Yeah. Just getting back from Uganda, um, a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, with a- another buddy, Justin Wren. He's um, runs a foundation called Fight for the Forgotten, and we were going to help document and help Justin create content to help promote his foundation where they're okay. helping the Batwa Pygmy people in Uganda. Oh, okay. These are a really forgotten bottom of the rung group of people that have been really marginalized. Okay. Like essentially thrown away. Wow. Uh, in a place where there's already no opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting clear, clean running water has been basically the goal of fight for the forgotten. And we were able to turn over a well to the Crombie area, which serves about a thousand people. And then we were also able to turn over this 50 acres of land and 30 homes that they've built for the Batwa people in the area. Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. Was a, was an eye opening trip. Yeah. And and your trips, you can invite people along or they can sign up. Not that one. No, not not that one. Like that one. Yeah. But the other ones. Yeah. So yeah, the other ones, cause you could, you see it on your. Yeah, so we'll be in South Africa at the end of the year on the Trova trips, and I've got them all listed on the Not Dead Yet Life website, so NDY Life, they're easy to find. Um, So we've got uh, South Africa next week, and then, and I think South Africa, like, uh, I think we landed Cape Town, we do a couple hikes, I think there's a chance to do, like, shark diving, and uh, some other stuff, so it should be quite a rip. You want to go? You're you're an experienced you know, shark a, diver. I have swam, nice. swam with the shark. So <laughs> how was it? I, I was pretty close. It was in uh, Belize. All right, um, super fun experience. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely, okay, right. that's all I need. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care yeah. about anything other than that. I I just am interested in checking the boxes that sw- swam with sharks and see see what I thought. And that's why I got in the water is I can say I swam with the shark. That was 100 percent the reason I jumped in. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'm like managing oh, some, no. yeah, managing some weird fear. Yep, that's what I was. Whatever, right, turn the volume that's down. Exactly. Decide to take the action. That's yeah. exactly what it was. I did it uh, even with, a, yeah. I, look at that. Look at me. Look there at you. you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then we go to Peru in August, and we'll do Machu Picchu and go see all that type, uh, that area. Wow. Do some hikes. Uh, I'm really excited about that one. I haven't got to go to Peru yet. Okay. Um. And then we do December, we go to Egypt. Oh, wow. All right. So we've got like a 10 day trip to Egypt and uh, see the pyramids, the Sphinx to do all those types of things. And uh, we've got like an overnight train and and an overnight uh, float on the Nile. Oh, Oh, that one really amazing. So like, I'm pretty sure that like, it's a big boat. Yeah. With uh, like kind of like a low top, but it's open air with the whole thing's basically covered in mattresses. Oh wow! And That's so cool. you just kind of hang out outside. And that one you'll be posting and can sign up for it. Possibly. Uh, that one's full. It already booked uh. out for December. So we've got two new trips for 2024 going up. Um, we're going to go back to Iceland. Okay, uh, nice. People have been wanting to do that with us. This will be my 14th trip. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to put together kind of a like a spring Iceland trip, I believe. Yeah. The Egypt cool. one really intrigued me, but right. the Egypt trips. My mom's going. I mean, oh wow, That's so awesome. it ends up being some of our friends. Like I bring my videographer with us, yeah, yeah, um, so that we can get content and do all the things around it, which Absolutely. hopefully helps us do more of those things in some yeah. weird way. Um, <laughs> like I can't believe any of this shit's a job. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> well, hopefully you go back. And I'll I've following. had real jobs, man. I can't believe any of this shit's a job. I'll never stop being amazed that I get to do any of this stuff. So what's on your what's on your travel bucket list? Where haven't you been that you got to get to? Um, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like everywhere. everywhere and anywhere, right? Everywhere. My travel bucket list. Yeah. Um. It's cool. What's cool is that nothing immediately comes to your mind because you're right. Oh, uh, there's, you, it's there's a couple. There's a couple, and I'm already like figuring out how to phrase it to kind of get around how I feel about it. Sure. And it's uh, I want to road trip the Pan American Highway. Okay. And it makes me uncomfortable to even say it like out loud as a goal. Okay. Because oh. I'm I'm fucking terrified of it. Oh really? Okay. I mean, just the reality of that. That is an eight month road trip. From Prudhoe Bay, Alaska to Ushuaia, Argentina. Oh shit! Okay. Oh, wow. now I get it. <laughs> yeah, like the, to to road trip that full route, you're crossing into so many different countries, and there's all these border crossings, and you're gonna have to have fucking proper paperwork on all this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and like it's that part of it. Yeah, sure. It isn't the eight months living in a van that fucking bothers me a lick. Right. Yeah, it's just, the hassles. Yeah. It's that I'm going to have to deal with my van breaking down in another country. Oof. Like, I, that's part of it. That yeah. will happen. Oh, it's, it's reality, yeah. Right? And so, like, there's some part of me that knows how fucking capable that you would come out of the forge on the other side of that. Yeah. yeah. And what all you've seen and whatever you've been experienced to that I don't know that I could put a value on. Yeah. With that said, I'm terrified of it. Ter- ter- but you've got the tools to make it through. <sighs> you had so much. Cause now you, <laughs> because there's also like a spot in it that there aren't any roads. Oh, so you have to take a Like you have to ship your vehicle to the next place. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Geez. And then when you get to Ushuaia, you have to basically box all your shit up and ship your vehicle back to the States or drive back. Ah, okay. Yeah. You never think about that. You don't think of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've also got to get to Alaska to start it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have an eight week road trip essentially to get to the start. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm. The it's more huge. aware I am of what an undertaking it is, the more I'm just amazed by it. But people fucking do it all the time. Oh, really? Wow. Bicycles. What? Oh, jeez. People what? are incredible. How long? How long is it? It's got to take you years the, on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. will just fuck off on their bike for a couple of years and ride south. It's amazing to me. Wow. That is, it's, well, it's amazing hearing about it. Well, I mean, what it does for me, right, is, is it just opens my eyes up to like, that's an option. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You got a tent on your back, I suppose, and your two bikes. Yep. And you're good to go. Not that expensive. You can also do it at whatever pace you wanted and pick up work in other countries, do bullshit. Sure. You know? Wow. But the idea of spending my time doing something that I don't love, where I could just do that adventure and see what I learned from it, just fascinates me to no end. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd be alone for so much of that journey, especially on the bike. Yeah, right. 
Right. Man, anyone who can deal with that much head time. Right. By unfuckwithable. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh-uh. Yeah, but that guy's not stressed out about like needing to make the next whatever paycheck or salary bump to Meeting. to get the next bullshit thing. It it's enlightening, yeah, but it's a big step, huge it's step. It's a big step, man. It's but like in 8 months, you'd never be able to come back. Like that's all the investment end. is. Yeah. Yeah. It, knowing that going in, you'd have to know it going in or Really fascinated by it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, I, I knew going to Uganda for this project a couple months ago would like a couple weeks ago would absolutely be a big perspective shifter for me. Yeah. And it was not by any surprise, you know, that spending time with the Batwa in their village, uh, they've got stuff. We don't man, community and love. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. For people that don't have running water, there's not electricity. They have, you know, they have water spigots within 100 yards of their door. And wow. they sleep in these 10 by 30 concrete buildings, which are, by the way, the nicest thing within 100 miles. <laughs> Everyone else we met was in mud brick huts with dirt floors. Wow. That are walking three miles a day to fetch water to start. One of the guys we met living that way, Michael. He's 26-year-old, two kids, beautiful wife. He and Vivian live there. Michael has a degree in community development, um, speaks like five or six languages, and that's his life. Wow. And he's happy. Yeah. That's the key, right? Right there. He's happy. Yeah. He's got purpose. Yeah. And even in the Batwa in the community, right? Like, even though that they're at real, dealing with real scarcity. Because they're still half. I mean, if no one gets firewood, we're not cooking. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have water, we're not cooking. We're not bathing. If we don't do this, we don't grow crops. If we don't, you know, so there's always that thing. And everyone has purpose and everyone feels value. And as we've shifted into this type of lifestyle in the Western world, we have so much abundance that this is, this is what the experiment looks like if you have it in all, all avenues. Yeah. What do people do if they have all their major needs taken care of and access to nothing but whatever they want? They get fat, they get lazy, they don't take care of themselves. Next thing you know, they're miserable. Right. Because they so don't feel purpose. And they... for, yeah. And wanting someone to fix it for them. Yeah. Because they've learned this point that all their decisions are shitty. Yeah. And not only fix it wow. for them, but, but fix the shit that they wouldn't even need. Fix that shit for them. You know, it's still like, right. so. And we're raised around a full thing that's consumerism push. Yeah. Yeah. yeah buy this. Yes. Buy this. And the key, the key to help me sell it to you better is the quicker I can make you feel it. Yeah. And, yeah. And the, the quicker it'll solve your problem. Right. Yeah. right. I, I, I've often said that there's not the feel of purpose anymore with a lot of yeah. people. A lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah, the young. I think you. that's, that's it's huge. A really, it's a really tough one. It's a really tough one. Yeah, because even if it's minimal, feel valued by a community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we got to see there that I saw that like, oh, that overpowers everything. If you don't have that, the other shit's a bust. Yeah, right. Right. Because that one works without the other stuff. I haven't seen this way work without it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it, it's too bad that a lot of a lot more people can't go visit or the, at least you know explore. yeah because you know, if you ask a lot of these people or i i don't even mean by these people i don't want to just bash <laughs> on the youth today but the youths but you know what i'm saying like you would say to them like really there's people living in huts I, they wouldn't even realize that there's people still living in huts you know i believe it i believe it's some mix man i think it i think it's everyone right like there's a really small percentage of any generation that goes to actually experience stuff like that right yeah yeah not just the youth and i think the youth are pretty more are a lot more connected than we give them credit for i think that we in our generation had such the pendulum swing back to everyone being offended by every fucking little thing yeah that the pendulum's gonna swing back to they just don't give a shit yeah i, I think that actually, swing is already happening they yeah, may oh, actually end up getting to fall on what equality may look like yeah because equality means that we're not doing award shows for different divisions <laughs> right right like fuck. <laughs> yeah sometimes you know, it's too much we're all just rad people Right. I any of the fucking race thing or any anything, I guess, man, I just don't understand what a big deal. We can fuck our way out of this problem. Just enough love sorts the whole right. goddamn thing out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easier problem. Like, this is an easy one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should be. It should be. But who knows? No one's, no one's, <sighs> no one's called to ask my opinion. I threw rocks in the field. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you do. But you did it well. Yeah, I did. I did that at well. a championship that level. Well. So, so did, what is? Yeah. So, what is next for for you? What's what's in you know this obviously this trip to South Africa, but what's next in the bigger picture? Um, so bigger picture is leaning into more with the rebrand of Not Dead Yet. Being really excited about that. I've kind of seen how it registers different with people immediately. Yeah. Than, oh sure. Than hate did with having to explain. <laughs> or, or, right. Right. Uh, and so it feels a bit back to day one. And so now it's like having a new brand and which means that we need to go back to really telling the story about what that means and creating inspirational content and creating content that wants to get people motivated yeah. to believe in themselves, to take some awareness, to be able to realize that they're capable of, of continuing with the rest of their life to be better. Yeah. That this feeling of the best days being behind me is a lie but I've got to take action toward changing it. Right. Right. You know, so leaning into the brand and being able to tell that story and connect with people the best way we can, um, continuing to create content, YouTube with travel and nice. getting to take on some adventures, yeah. doing some podcasts and then, uh, probably doing some more writing, uh, yeah. working with this men's group, not men's group, my mentorship group. I really, really enjoy getting a chance to connect with more people that are, interested in talking about this these yeah. type of things about self-improvement yeah yeah and i just i just wrote it off for so long i just for so long was so turned off by like tony robbins or <laughs> any of these fucking guys well, i think yeah. it's funny i was when i was thinking about this interview mentioning to you that i'd like your style because you're believable you're authentic and i i struggle to find authenticity in guys like tony robbins and same I, I get that some people do, but it's just not my. No, cup it of just tea. doesn't resonate with me whatsoever. Yeah, and you're I, a lot I, of show. I get it now. I get it now, right? Like I can, I've been around enough of it now to see what brilliant ability that level of a speaker has, right? Mm. And what a skill that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you're more genuine. Much, you're just genuine. 
Okay. Uh, sure. <laughs> I. That's my opinion. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll take the compliment. You're, and you're, then it 100% is, you know, I mean, those guys, it seems like are their message. Yeah. They're not a bad message, but they're no, a their message, and also their message is great. And their message right. is the same thing. Yeah. yeah it's they're always flash being totally show. Accountable. You're, you're to the point. Uh, think of, I, I've started to think about them differently mm -hmm. and like okay. what power they hold over being able to speak. Yeah. Communicate. Like the English language is so sloppy and clunky mm -hmm. and gross to try to describe feelings or emotion or yeah. art or whatever it is. And some guys have a grip, like a better grasp on it. Like if there's yeah. people who are at a zero, that means there's people who are at a hundred. You get the yep. full spectrum. Yeah, for and sure. then occasionally you get a guy like Tony Robbins who has a big grasp on how to speak and then aligns himself with other people who can teach him how to do that better. Yeah. He's got confidence and charisma. Yep. Right. And he's got he's got the ability to change people's lives with this word. Like I mean, he mm -hmm. he's done it a hundred times. If it wasn't right. working, people aren't spending the money on that shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's working. That's what I said. I mean, but if we like go back, yeah, like if we go back five hundred years, right? Like yeah. we go back to the dark ages, that's a wizard. Yeah, right. <laughs> that yeah, is a hundred percent someone that we would call a wizard. This guy says stuff, I feel a way my life changed. Right. Yep. Right. We're not that far off. We just have different terminology for it. But that guy's definitely a wizard in the way that he can cast spells and change people and use verbiage and communicate. Like yeah. I, I'm in awe of it. Sure. And I, I've got to see enough people who are. And so I realize that some of those guys are too far for, for guys that resonate with shit that I'm into that kind of came from the same background. Yep. And if I'm ever get to be a connector from one world to the other. It's great. And mm -hmm. so like, if that's a role I get to play, I'm into that. Right. Yeah. So you, I, you mentioned more writing when you were in, in your, in your talk at vertically, you mentioned something about a book deal. Do you, do you have a mm -hmm. book coming out? I do. I do. I've got one that I've been working on since 2016. Uh, it's been slowly worked on sure. with the other variety of things I do um, and should be getting back into it later nice. this year. Kind of an autobiography of, um, I think I'm going to try to position it a little bit more like uh, Jocko's Extreme Ownership with uh, yeah. some steps and some Great like books to follow based on different topics. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Just with kind of my mindset about, you know, fixing perspective and being able to make the most of it. I really think that if you can manage your perspective, then you control your reality. For sure. For sure. I hate that. I hate that we, I don't know if you've got a heart out here. I hate we keep asking oh, no. you more and more. But, uh, oh, shit. Yeah. I guess it is nine o'clock. Yeah, I'm just one. I'm interested in that book, The Third Door. That yeah, you mentioned it's great. The, um, how did you come across that? And, and you know, I know you got the journaling um, from it, but Alex Banyan, I, I think is his name, um, yeah. the author. I caught him on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. Okay. And I really dug what he said. And I thought the perspective and point of view on everything was super sharp. Nice. Nice. Cool. So speaking of journaling, how do you, what do you, what do you say to a guy that says, well, I'm, I'm a guy, I don't journal. <laughs> sure. That's what most guys say. Right. Is that, I mean, that's a typical I, answer. So for one, I'm not interested in being like most guys. Okay. This is already one thing that helps me separate from being part of that. Yeah. The other thing it allows me to do, right. Is as I'm writing, instead of just thinking, it allows me to take myself out of the moment and memory and be able to deal with it in a more injectionable way. 
in a more yeah. logical way because now I'm getting rid of a story. So are you journaling about what you want to do or what you've done? There's no right or wrong way. Okay. It's basically just open communication with me. And do you make it a point like your morning ritual? Mm -hmm. I'm going to write every day before yeah. I get in the cold. Yeah, I typically write after. while I'm in the sauna. Oh, okay. Nice. And so yeah. I typically journal while I'm in the sauna, and those sometimes turn into talking points or those turn into video ideas or they turn into nothing. Do but, you do all journaling on paper or do you do any like uh, voice across the board? Okay. I don't care how it gets out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just it's long the best does, method. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, it's right. And it's just the check-in with being able to communicate like with myself. Right. And even if I don't have anything, y'all dive into just gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of just being thankful for three things that happened yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, even it's never the same is, every day. Yeah, I mean, no, they can change every day. I don't have the same journal assignment every day, essentially. I don't yeah. think that that's a terrible place to start if you're unfamiliar with it. Right, right. Um, but I think that's that's going to be the biggest thing for people is starting and I'm embarrassed to write or I don't want to admit it. So, I'll, you know, I mean, I which again, which is, which again is fucking crazy, right? Like, yes, we can let is. go of this weird idea that we were supposed to be good at a thing that we've never done. Mm -hmm. And so... If we can just admit that thing right on and then get rid of whatever embarrassment this thing is, you're not writing it for anyone else but you. Right. It's just for you to get better at communicating. This gives you a better idea to flesh out ideas. This gives you a better idea of how to put things into better words and better phrases and better perspectives. It gets you clear on your dreams. It gets you clear on how to deal with past trauma. It gives you just a different route to talk to you. Yeah. You know, without clouded fucking judgment which yeah. is up to you whether or not you want to put on it. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Well, again, I like the, it's, it's just you talking to you, not I'm journaling today. It's you talking to you. And this is a way to, no matter how focus. it gets out, just get it out. It's a way to focus. Look, I, you know, we deal with so much things that crave our attention. Yeah, for sure. And we're happily to hand them over. I mean, man, yeah. technology is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. It is incredible what they've done. Yeah but I'm aware of the trap. Right. Right. Like I know what it does. I know that part of the game of it is to make me not be active. True. The, if I'm active and not on it, I'm not helping it make money. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. So it's goal is to keep me on it. Yeah. So as long as I have the awareness of that happening, then now I can make a decision. Do I let that thing fucking beat me? No way. Yeah. Happiness is not found in that thing. I can all guarantee that. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. it's not. It's not. So do you do you still have to uh, cold plunge before cold plunge and sauna yet tonight? No, no, I'm already done for the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think we've we've eaten up enough of your time. Thank you so. I mean, we could talk to you forever, quite yeah, honestly. Maybe. But yeah. look, man, anytime you guys want to have me back, let me know. We oh. will, we will certainly. And uh, thank you for that offer. We yeah. will we will help yeah, you. So have a great trip to to South Africa. Have a happy birthday and promote anything you wanna you wanna promote. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you guys again for your time, um, audience as well for for listening. And if you're interested in any more of my stuff, notdeadyet.com is the brand, and indywylife.com is my mentorship. And happy to help any way I can. If you want to send me an email, it's matt at mattvincent.net. I'm really easy to reach. Shoot mm -hmm. me a DM. And if there's a way I can help, I'd love to hear how I can support.
and go to YouTube and, and watch Unstoppable. I if you if nothing else, Fragile. what's that? Fragile. Fragile. Oh no, I'm talking about your your speech at the vertical. Oh, union. Sorry, yeah, the vertical union speech. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, because that's. I, well, first I saw the first time I saw you was with Jason Ellis, and then I went and I saw your speech, and that, it, like I said, it's mine. It's life changing. And uh, thank you. If if yeah. if, if you're not going to consume any of his other content, in my opinion, that's what I would watch because it it's it it can certainly help you, just like that. So that means a lot to hear. Yeah, yeah. we appreciate it. So no, thank you. Have a good we, night. We appreciate all your time for all the shit you do. Yeah. So thank you for, for squeezing us in. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys, man. And look, I appreciate. As rad a setup and doing the podcast as you do, it's rad talking to people who give a shit about it. Oh, thank oh, you, thank awesome. you. Yeah, you're 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 great to talk with. So, yeah, man, you Enjoy. guys have a great night. Yeah, yeah you, you as well. Thanks again. Man. Bye. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously though, get your asses out of here. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.